0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz. I'm a freshman at the UWGB Manitowoc campus, aspiring sports broadcaster, and I'm joined by the aspiring Spanish minor, the one and only Drew Skyward.
1: Thank you, Jordan. Yes, I am an aspiring Spanish minor. I plan to attend the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in the fall, the same place Patrick Baldwin might go. Very- Fingers crossed.
0: Boy, oh boy, that would be huge if he goes there. I mean, only because his dad is the coach. But hey, we're going to take it. We're going to hold out our thoughts, wait on that until he does make his decision. Supposedly, it's coming up soon. So speaking of things coming up soon, Drew, we have some
1: huge things planned. And this Thursday, what are we dropping for the people? We are dropping our March Madness recap. Obviously, you're not going to want to hear my takes because before March Madness, I made all my takes and all of them were wrong.
0: Yeah, it, it, literally, basically everything was wrong. I lost because of a coin toss with Illinois winning it all, and they were out second round to Loyola who I said had a very good chance to beat Illinois. Drew didn't want him to listen. His Oklahoma State, they were out right away too. So, I mean, I was high on like San Diego State, and I'm pretty sure, right, they lost to Syracuse the first they round.
1: B- yeah, bounced out right away. Yeah,
0: but it doesn't matter. All that matters is I said Gonzaga was going to win it all, and they're one game away from doing so. We will talk all about Gonzaga and Baylor coming up in our weekly sports talk. Otherwise, something we got planned. All I'm going to say is the title right now, I'm not going to give any other details, but coming up, the Summer Sports Spectacular. That's right. This summer, Jordan and Drew's Summer Sports Spectacular, a 10 episode series coming up this summer that's all we're giving out for now just a little teaser as we get things going picking things up here on the podcasts and now we're going to move along just a little bit before we get to on this day drew we want to shout out the one and only tyler Bonin. he committed to saint norbert college very interesting choice but hey good job for tyler bonan the ron collie man from ron Colley high school
1: yeah, he's going for soccer. And he, as we know, he played basketball too. Shimick was on to talk about how good he was in basketball. He made the first team this past year. He's an all around athlete. They're going to like him for soccer. I mean, Roncalli, they want it. They made the state last year. I think they won it all for soccer. So that'll be a great addition to the St. Norbert squad.
0: Yeah. And according to Hip for news, their article says throughout his four year soccer career, he was also first team all conference every year at Roncalli high school. So Good job there. And he plans on pursuing a biomedical science degree at St. Norbert College. Certainly doesn't sound any too fun to me, but hey, we'll let him do what he wants to do. And last thing we want to touch on, did you see the trailer for Space Jam two?
1: Yes, I did. I know there's mixed reviews. I feel it was a good trailer, but again, like we're not gonna, they're not gonna be able to be as good as the original Space Jam. So we we all accept that. So I think how they're going, because now it's kind of like more animated and it's more like, it's 20 years newer. So it's going to be 25 years newer, maybe. So it's going to be a lot, look a lot better, but I'm kind of looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I that trailer left a lot to be desired for me. I wasn't a huge fan of it and I went on like Twitter right away to see some people were loving it and then like as more and more people were getting through a lot of people were hating it and saying what is this? This is garbage. But then you've got people replying like you got to remember this is a kids movie first of all. It's meant for kids even though I think that's a odd argument because kids didn't see the first space jam like you're not you can't tell me an eight-year-old is loving Space Jam and that's his favorite movie of all time but yeah this trailer kind of odd it started out with like LeBron and it that was, it was his kid right who's playing basketball and then, yeah that was
1: like a kid his kid I don't even think that was his, was his kid. I don't
0: think no not his real kid yeah
1: but so that, that was a weird I'll admit that the first part of the trailer like I'm not a fan of but like once we got in the animation part we got that D-Wade LeBron reference that was cool I'm looking forward like, I guess I was looking I'm looking forward to this but There are a lot of questions still on the table for this. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was very weird at the start. It was like kind of cringe at the start, like when it was him and his kid like sitting there talking. I was like, oh boy, I don't know about this. But the the animation part should be good and fun. I mean, it's just a basketball movie with all these crazy things that are going to end up happening. There's a funny meme I saw saying LeBron has to form a super team to win in Space Jam 2 because that's what he does. (laughs) And I mean, look at the Lakers now, but. I think something we could eventually do here coming up is we could watch Space Jam and talk about that on a bonus. And then we go watch Space Jam 2 and talk about that too. So I think that would certainly yes. be fun. Space Jam 2. What is it called? A New Legacy. Is that the name? I think so. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That That's coming out soon. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Can't wait to see how it turns out. I'm holding judgment. I'm not going to judge it until that movie actually comes out and we get to see what it is all about now. It is time for On This Day in History. Happy late Easter, everybody. We're a day late. Drew and I are recording this on Easter, so happy Easter to you, Drew. And now we're going to go to April 5th on this day in 1993. I think you're going to notice a theme again with these. Mm -hmm. So in 1993, the 55th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, North Carolina, beats Michigan 77-71. That was the third title. For the Tar Hearsland, we'll talk all about North Carolina coming up soon because there's some big news in our weekly sports talk segment. On this day in 2004, the 66th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, UConn, that's right, Connecticut, beats Georgia Tech 82-73. to And then on this day in 2010, the 72nd NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, Duke beats Butler, close game, Duke won by just two points 61-55 Duke winning the title 11 years ago so that wraps up on this day I just think it's crazy when we're going back to 93 North is winning it all 2010 Duke's winning it all these teams they're around forever and they're always good teams blows my mind that they're able to have such longevity now it is time for our weekly sports talk segment we're going to kick it off with the Lincoln Ships Football, we're going to mention Ooh. that right out of the gate. Yeah, and just another bad game for the Ships. They lose 38 nothing to Appleton West. I thought this was going to be one of their best chances to win a game. Appleton yeah. West, I think, put up six points last week in a loss, and there's a battle of 0-1s, and Ships don't score any points, Drew, and we've been talking all about it. <sighs> yeah. Big struggles with this team, especially turnovers.
1: Yeah, so we've been talking about that, and right away in the first, first two quarters – it was the same theme. Offense couldn't get anything going. The defense was making stops. Defense was making plays. I was I was like, hey, maybe Lincoln, they can hold in here. Maybe score some points. And just can't get the, any offense going.
0: Yeah, that's the big problem is their offense. It's one of those things where this is a run-first offense, obviously. They're not a team to pass the ball. Bryson this week with 6 of 19, 51 yards, through an interception. Brock Peterson threw one as well. So they threw two interceptions this team. They're not a pass-first team. You can just tell. And especially when it's like second and long, third and long, they're not comfortable throwing the ball down the field. Some of the receivers, there's just a lot of miscommunications. Things aren't going right. Brock, or pardon me, Brett Prangy, 11 carries, 48 yards for the week. So, again, he was their leading rusher, as he will be for this team, in my opinion, the best offensive player they got. They got to rely on him. It's the ship score to play. Scored a touchdown on the second play of the year, and they haven't scored since. Like <laughs> we're two games into the year, they have more turnovers than they do points. That's it's, football it's not barrier. good. Yeah, not good at all for the ships. But ships in another aspect are doing very well. Their volleyball team undefeated in conference. They wow. swept Bayport, swept Sheboygan South, swept Sheboygan North, swept Green Bay Preble went a tough five sets with the pier, and then sweeps over Southwest and Notre Dame. This team is hot. They're doing very, very well. They've got two games coming up this week against winless Eshwabanon and then a Pulaski team, tough Pulaski. They're sitting at five and two in conference, coming off a loss two to Pier to Pier in the ships. Are the top two teams in that conference? Then just wanted to give a shout out. Their team earned the number one seed in the WIAA regional tournament, which is taking place this Saturday, April 10th. It says it's at one, four and seven PM with three oh. matches being played. So I really don't know the full details on that, but Either way, Ships volleyball, they were one win away from State last year. I was at that game at Oconomowoc, and oh, they won the first set and then got reverse swept. So still either way, just one game away from State last year. Lost a lot of players, including Katie DiRomondo, who's at Tennessee Tech now for volleyball, but they've wow. rebounded well. They're doing very good things, and they're undefeated this year. going to look to keep it that way in conference, staying undefeated. So Ships thriving. In the volleyball aspect, now Drew, I need your opinion on the NFL seventeen game regular season. Coaches are all for it. Players, uh, uh-uh. uh, they're not too happy.
1: And that's as we would expect. I think as a fan, I we like it because did you see the matchup we were getting? Yes, Packers and Chiefs. Oh, that's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to that part, and I I like fantasy football, and I think hey, I get another week of fantasy football. That's gonna be fun. But the players, I don't. They really don't have an incentive because like you would think like they they were going for like another bye week or something with that because now they're just playing on our game. There's no there's no extra buy And I don't know. I don't know about that part with the players. But obviously, from a business perspective, we're going to love this as a fan. We're going to love this.
0: Yeah. And it's a good thing you mentioned the business because David Johnson, he was I have a very good thing that he said to me here. He said it's odd to me and it's always odd when you hear player safety is their biggest concern. They're really standing up for player safety, player safety, player safety, but it seems like player safety has a price tag player safety up to the point of, Hey, 17 games makes us this much money. We really don't care how safe they're, if they're going to pay us this much to play another game. And I think he nailed it because it really is all about the money at this stage. Elvin Kamara wasn't happy. Adrian Amos wasn't happy. Darius Slay wasn't happy. I mean, there was just a lot of people bashing this, like we said, mostly the players, but as a fan, I really have no reason to complain. Why are we going to complain about more football at the end of the day? It is a business. So if the players are really that unhappy about one extra game, that's kind of their fault. They're getting paid for an extra week. Well, they're getting paid eighteen over 18 weeks instead of 17. So it's not like Correct. they're making more money. But regardless, 17-game regular season, I think the Super Bowl got pushed back a week. But there's really nothing. no problems with that there. It's still early <laughs> February. So speaking of... Yeah early in the year we're on April 4th and guess what opening day happened for the brewers you were there just start how was it being back at the ballpark with
1: fans 12,000
0: strong and boy we could hear them
1: oh it doesn't get any better than that opening day it's all it's always great it's a tradition we we've been going for years now and just just being back in the ballpark it felt so good um there's a few few problems I had with with it a lot of my other fans had the same problem as well because they the sausage race for at least opening day was pre-recorded and they showed it on the jumbotron. There was unreal every single fan, 12,000 strong were booing. Crazy. I've never never heard it that loud of like just boos since like when Manny Machado was there or like an NLCS. But it was it was crazy. And then they got the hints because Saturday, um Saturday's game, game two. Uh I saw on Twitter that they actually had it in person, the sausage race, so they got the hint at least. There was a lot of scoreboard issues too, so I'm thinking like maybe the interns or something, they were showing the wrong guy up there. They had Daniel Robertson up at batting for like three batters in a row once on <laughs> here, but that was great. The matchup was Woodruff versus Maeda for opening day. It was a fairly long game considering it was only 10 innings too.
0: Oh, it was insane. You ready? Guess the time. It was like 420... Something like that? Four hours, four, 20 minutes? Four hours,
1: 14 minutes was the yeah.
0: game time. And that is crazy. Because I got – it was like three hours in, and this game was – it was an hour and a half long after three innings. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what is going oh, on yeah. here?
1: And then Saturday's game was only two hours and like 40 minutes. So that's, that's baseball for Yeah,
0: that, that's a pitcher's duel, though. Those we'll were exact opposite. Our, yeah. Is,
1: and, and then the, the main headline, I think, for the game was Shaw's big return considering the Brewer victory with the walk-off. And he went two for four. He had three RBIs. And then he had that one crucial walk with the bases loaded. Yeah, I
0: was going to bring that up. I mean, just patience from these Brewers. They did it a lot in the first game, which was huge. They were watching pitches go by, making to throw strikes. And he didn't throw them because he walked in two batters, didn't he, when the bases were loaded with two outs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, both both pitchers. Yeah.
1: It was a it was a game of walks for both yeah for Woodruff for Maeda. Jeffress came in and he walked a, or not Jeffress, um Peralta. Came. Peralta, <laughs> yeah, he came in and he walked a bunch. Which that's another thing I want to talk about because we mentioned the fifth starters. It was going to be either Peralta or Lindblom, and we saw both of them opening day out of the bullpen. So mm-hmm. Odd, I I thought that was very interesting considering they were the ones that Council was talking about. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna use these guys as the fifth starters, and that might not be the case now.
0: Yeah I don't know I mean they've got plenty of days to rest but let's talk about Peralta for a minute he got himself in some danger I think there were runners on the corners in the first inning he was in but he struck out the side and then bases were loaded and he struck out the side six strikeouts he struck out every batter he faced man's looking good to start out with the year that was really nice to see him coming through at a time when we really needed him.
1: Yeah we just for, for Peralta It's it's been the control it's always been a control issue and I think if he can really just Limit his walks. He's going to be super effective out of the bullpen, especially. And then another thing I want to touch on for speaking of, out of people out of the bullpen, Josh Hader's 10th inning. Ooh. Beautiful.
0: Insane. 100 miles an 100 miles hour of- he was throwing. We've never seen that kind of heat from <sighs> him.
1: Hader's thrown 100, and then you got Devin Williams out there as well. I mean, this team is super underrated. We talked about that in our Brewer preview video, and the, how the projections have us winning the Central. And there's a reason why. I mean, when you have when you have a bullpen like that, your starting rotation's extremely underrated, which we'll get into. Burn start later, but that was incredible. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, we'll talk a lot about that. Not a lot about the Saturday game, but we'll bring it up in a minute. But how about our ninth inning? Down by three runs. Oh yeah, Janelich comes through. It's, it seems like he's sort of back. He's feeling a lot more comfortable, looking good, and then he looks great. Travis Shaw with a huge hit, able to get back. I know a lot of people were skeptical about Travis Shaw, but he has been delivering. At the start of the year, huge rally in the bottom of the ninth. When I'm sure some people probably turned the game off. Down three, we're four hours in already, but we came back and we tied that game.
1: Yeah, that was great. And then just oh, the the crowd erupting when we tie the game with Shaw's game tying single. That was beautiful. And then the six to five walk off victory with Kane's scamper home. He's safe. <laughs> was awesome. And I want to I want to hear your opinion on the tenth inning rule. How they start in second base.
0: I personally love it. I think Uh, it's great with, yeah, with a runner at second base, it not only does it, they say it makes the games go faster. I don't know if it really does or not quite yet because like we had a small sample size still, Yep. but other than that, I think it is awesome. You're pretty much guaranteed to score one runner every inning. So it's just at that point, it's almost a shootout with who can score the most. But when you got Hader throwing a hundred miles an hour, so much more pressure on the pitchers too, knowing no outs, there's a runner starting at second base. And I think it's mostly just a lot of baseball diehards who hate it, but I think it's a great rule, and I really, really like having runners at second extra innings.
1: The best part of the rule, I think, is where the person who made the last out in the inning before is the runner on second. Luckily, yeah,
0: they force it on you. And
1: Kane made the last out, so hey, he starts at second. You got one of the best base runners in baseball on second base to start, and that was shown. He's such a smart runner, and he that that scamper home that was mm-hmm. of art. He was and just, he
0: didn't push it on the first time either because I don't remember who got the hit right away in the tenth, but he stayed at third. It's not like he it. yes, yes, was, he's been doing well to start. Oh yeah, he's Keston had a good start Hira, though.
1: Can we talk about Keston Hira? He ooh, slumping but... bad. Hasn't had yeah, a hit all season. It's the same issues last year. It's he, he swing. It's it's the strikes and he. Strikes out at a really high rate, and he made up for last year with the power surge, but so far we haven't really seen him make any contact with the ball. It's been big contact, it's been follow balls, it's been pop-ups, it's just not a good not a good look so far. At first, however, he's he's shown some good promise defensively. He's, yeah,
0: he's been doing some good plays. things, especially like those just little pitches over to the pitcher. Yep, he's some,
1: I would totally agree with that. So now we're going to talk about game two, right?
0: Go for it, yeah. And, and just to, so everyone knows, Game 3 is happening right now as we're recording, so we're not going to talk about Game 3 because we don't know what happened yet, but by now we'll know how the series went, if we beat the Twins on Easter Sunday or if we lost them. we're starting out the year one and two.
1: So we're going to go Game 2 matchup, Jose Barrios versus Corbin Burns, and this was a treat. Dually no hitters through, was it five or six?
0: Six, I'm pretty sure.
1: That's incredible, and the last time that happened was seven years ago, and that's just, it, w- it was an absolute treat to watch, like for, for Pitt, for Baseball fans who love pitching, this was a game.
0: This was huge with these guys just throwing and so many strikeouts, left and right, left and right. Oh, there was, yeah. what did he have? Seven or eight strikeouts in a row, Burns?
1: Yeah. Well, at one point it was Burns had like seven in a row. Barrios had six, so there's like 13 straight strikeouts. Yeah, there. combined. Yeah, the game was just going. Hitters were it, everything. There's five had, hits. five hits combined between both teams.
0: Yeah, and most of them were for the Twins. What we had one hit in that game. Yep, by Narvaez, of course. Yeah, uh huh. Narvaez has been doing well to start off the year. But yeah, we mentioned first game, how it went four hours or whatever. This game, two or six innings, took like less than two hours. Not even two was. This game was was incredible. Like you said, pitchers battle, dueling it out, and no one could get hits. I mean, I thought our lineup for this game, it was really nice. We had moved up Shaw earlier in the lineup, so Shaw was second. Jackie Bradley Jr., he really can't hit, but he's down there. Kane is lower in the lineup. I feel like he'll move up progressively through the year. This is just nope. council starting things out low. Arcea was in the lineup. I'm a huge RCF fan. Galich
1: is in there. And Wong, he's been doing pretty decent at the leadoff spot. Not too bad. I agree. And I think, I think that lineup was very successful. But who else? Who took advantage of this game in the last two games was Byron Buxton for the mm-hmm. he had two. He has two home runs in this series. He had that 456-foot two-run bomb on opening day. That was crazy. He had that home run off
0: the scoreboard.
1: And yeah, he's been, he's looking good this year. And that's, that's going to be a guy, at least for Sunday's game, they got to watch out for mark my words. Hopefully he doesn't hit another home run.
0: Well, at this rate, he's going to, that was the first hit of the game was his home run. And that's when Burns ended up getting taken out. Suter came in, but tough loss for the Brewers. That game didn't end very good. Yelts was at the plate. zero and one the count umpire gets hit like right in the throat with the ball brewers trainers comes over one of the trainers collapsed so this is almost the same as the referee going down who was it gonzaga and i don't remember who gonzaga yeah, played I... but when the referee went down there too it was like almost the same situation our brewers trainer goes down he's in the hospital
1: Dave right Diego now goes. as of
0: sunday so fingers crossed everything goes without well there. prayers out to him and his family because that would not be good brewers not losing their trainer but he's we're just gonna hold our hope and hope everything goes well for there Anything else on the Brewers before we move on to the All-Star Game dilemma?
1: Well, we're going to talk about the Brewers. So their upcoming series throughout this week, they have a three-game series against the Cubs. So it starts, it's today, it starts, and then Tuesday and Wednesday. And then they have a three-game series against the Cardinals. They play Thursday, off-day Friday again, which, why? I don't understand
0: these Friday off-days.
1: I hate These Friday off-days don't make any sense to me. And it's like, you should be, I, I don't, I don't get it. But whatever, that's what we're yeah. going to for opening day.
0: Hopefully- so big yeah big divisional matchups coming up cubs and cardinals it's going to be tough to us early hopefully brewers go in at two and one and they can do some good things at least we can say we were undefeated at some point in the season we were one and all so yeah we did some good things there and the brewers might possibly potentially maybe going to get to host the all-star game it got moved out of georgia it was one of those things where Let's see. Major League Baseball will move its All-Star game out of Atlanta after the state of Georgia passed voting bills that would disproportionately affect citizens of color. An action that Commissioner Rob Manfred set on Friday said is the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport. So All-Star game is moving. And what was it? The mayor of Milwaukee sent out a letter to America, try and get it. Yes,
1: yeah. he did send out a letter. And I like the idea with how it makes sense to honor Henry Aaron's legacy. We're going to put it in Milwaukee because he played there. But then there's other arguments being made on Twitter, on social media platforms that Milwaukee has stricter voting laws as well. I'm not really sure what the specifics with it, but the argument is like if we're moving it for vote for the reason with the new voting legislation being um, made and the argument then is why should it go to Milwaukee? So I, I, I hope it goes to Milwaukee, but I don't I don't know the likelihood of that. And
0: I yeah, th- I'm not. I'm not really sure what our voting laws are or whatever, if it is stricter than Georgia or not. I just think it's one of these things. The NBA has been doing this as well. They're bringing a lot of politics and stuff into the sport, which, I mean, I'm personally not a fan of. Like, just let the guys play. These are big world problems that the NBA and MLB certainly aren't going to be able to solve. But All-Star game has been moved and nothing you can do about it now. Fingers crossed it comes to Milwaukee, but cool. who, who really knows if that's going to happen or not. Moving on here, just something I wanted to mention real quick when it comes to the UFC. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, the trilogy is confirmed July 10th, UFC 264. It is taking place. I'm not a fan of this at all. I thought Dustin Poirier deserved that title shot, but they're not going that route. They're going with the trilogy first, and I hope Dustin knocks out Conor again, and he really proves how great of a guy he is. But Conor, I'm sure his old stance is going to be back. He's going to be ready, and It's one of those things where we're looking at the trilogy fight, and then you got to figure what's happening next. That lightweight division is stacked. Can't wait to see how that goes. Can't wait to see who the new champ is. Michael Chandler, only one fight in his UFC career. It was just right out of the gate. He finished the job, and now he's getting a title shot. And We'll see if he can become the new champ at 155. Drew, I wanted to read you some of these tweets from John Jones because there is drama in the heavyweight division. Francis Ngannou is the new king. John Jones moving up from light heavyweight to heavyweight and March 31st. He tweeted like literally all day long, everything about his life. None of it was, it was all entertaining, but it was all stupid. So this is the first thing he said. I had a brief phone meeting with UFC lawyers a few days ago. As of right now, I expressed to him that anywhere around eight to 10 million would be way too low for a fight of this magnitude. So John Jones is not accepting the fight unless it's more than $10 million. Can you tell me? You would fight Francis Ngannou for 10 million dollars.
1: I would fight anyone for 10 million dollars. <laughs>
0: like John Jones is so full of it. He's oh in his own God. head and he's just he said one thing I'm sure of I've never had more people excited to see a fight than they are now. I literally can't walk to my mailbox without someone asking me about this fight. Like he's tweeting the dumbest things all over about this and then he says I believe I was grossly underpaid throughout my entire 20s. It, he went on and on and on and on. I feel like this fight is monumental. Matchups like this don't come very often in a lifetime. Me stopping Francis in my first fight up at heavyweight would be nothing short of extraordinary. Ali versus Foreman hosted by the UFC. Then he said every combat sports fan would buy this pay-per-view. He just would not stop on March 31st. I don't want this fight to happen. I want Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou, but John Jones and... Dana White had a meeting, so I'm assuming that this fight has finally been confirmed. Yeah. I have no idea how much money he's gonna make, but I hope it's worth it because I really want to see Francis Ngannou just knock him out and around. It's the only way I have a happy ending out of this entire thing. Moving on to some college bat. Well, actually, let's start with NBA. There was a big buck signing yes, that sir. just happened we, right before we started. Drew Holiday, four years, 160 million. You said he went off on Saturday in that game. So tell everybody
1: how big of a pickup this is for the Bucs to keep
0: him for four more
1: years. So we've seen already with Drew Holiday, because Giannis was out last night and Drew Holiday, what he does, he steps in there, 33 points, eight rebounds, and he just had a great game statistically and just watching the game. Like he, His impact defensively is unmatched for a guard and his impact on the Bucks, he fits the system so well. Like we've talked about, he does everything Eric Bledsoe does, but – Five times better, everything, and it's like having that. Like, why wouldn't you ha- want that? And obviously, John Horst, he saw, he sees that too. And after last night, he was probably like, "We need this guy in Milwaukee for a long time." So he's like four more years, and then I Drew Holiday must be on board because who wouldn't want to play with Giannis and Middleton? I mean,
0: who wouldn't? that's a trio right there.
1: Yeah, and with Mid- Middleton's kind of been a little, a little. I'm not gonna say slumping, but he hasn't been the Chris Middleton of last year, which is which is fine. Because when you have Drew Holiday stepping in as that number two guy to Giannis, this Bucks team—I've I've said it—and I think this Bucks team's going to win the championship. And I know that they haven't looked the same as last year or the year before. It's just that what they have, like their roster now, like it might not win a lot all the games the regular season, but this this team's built for the postseason. They're just built for it. And I can I can totally see this team like as in the crunch time. Now you can't just like build a wall against Giannis. Now you got and you need to stop Middleton too. Now you need to focus on Drew Holiday as well. Cause now you can just like leave Eric Bledsoe open and just have him shoot shoot him out of the game because that's kind of what happened in the past. And I think now with Drew Holiday there, he's just such he's gonna be such a great asset for four more years. And I'm super excited for that.
0: 160 million seems like a lot, but with the way these contracts have been flying out lately, it's kind of a bargain, dare I say. Bucks. I just looked it up. This is probably my first time looking at the NBA standings in a long time. They're third in the Eastern Conference, sitting at 32 and 17. Sixers and Nets are tied, huh? For first, 34 and yep. 15 each. That Nets is a super team. Like though they've got so many guys on that team. The Sixers doing very, very well. Western Conference, what do we got over here? Jazz are first. Who do they even have? Rudy Gobert?
1: Yeah, the Jazz Mitch. They have Mitchell Gobert. They're they've looked great this year. They've had gone on two nine-game winning streaks. They're great. They're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. They got great defenders. Um, it's just it's a it's a complete team. That team reminds me of like a Bucks team from like the last few years, where they're just great all around. And I that team's gonna get bounced in the playoffs, I think, but we'll see.
0: We'll see. Yeah. Suns, Clippers, and Lakers following Suns. I love Devin Booker. He's really, really good. Suns 34 and 14, Clippers 32 and 18, and then Lakers 31 and 18. But it's close. Nuggets 30 and 18, Trailblazers 30 and 19. So things are very, very close. In at that Western Conference. Moving now down, back to college basketball. we got a big thing to discuss coming up. Oh. But first, the one and only Roy Williams has retired North Carolina, down season for them. They were the nine seed, right? Wisconsin yep, was the nine seed. seed. And they ended up losing right away to Wisconsin. Got blown out, actually. It wasn't even close. But Roy Williams, can't say enough good things about him. He won the title back in 2017 with UNC. And if you aren't aware, he coached at Kansas before he went to North Carolina. He had a .805 win record at Kansas, wow. and 0.7, .748 at North Carolina. So .774 overall, this man basically has done it all. Well-deserved retirement. I'm sure financially-wise, he is set, and he's got nothing yeah. to worry about. Great, great coach overall. Good things for Roy Williams. And then something I brought up you, Bill Self, is <laughs> signed a lifetime contract <laughs> with Kansas and he's not even that old. Like I'm going to look up how old Bill self is right now, but what does a lifetime contract even mean? Because that no matter what he does, he's just signed for life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they, they want
1: him for life. They're committing to him for, for life to be their coach of their team. And I'm, I guess, I mean, Kansas, like even like this year was kind of like a down year for them. There's still a three seed If you look at it, like, just, yeah, that, that's Kansas for you. And I think, I think, hey, you know, if you want to take that gamble, I want, I want Marquette to do that with Shaka Smart if they can do that.
0: Well, I mean, Shaka's new to the program. doesn't so. matter. <laughs> Bill Self is 58 years old, so I don't know how long he goes yet with Kansas, but listen to some of these incentives he gets. I thought this was very interesting. So $50,000 for a Big 12 regular season title, and Kansas basically wins that every year. $25,000 for Big 12 tournament title. $100,000 for Associated Press Coach of the Year. Fifty thousand for a postseason appearance, Kansas is guaranteed to make postseason like every year. hundred thousand for a sweet 16 appearance appearance, 150 thousand for a final four appearance, and two hundred thousand for a title. So that's oh my what gosh two hundred thousand five hundred thousand if you win it all. That's how much you would make with all these bonuses. This is a heck of a deal for Bill self. I mean, he's been with Kansas this long. Why change now, right? Especially with all that money?:
1: Yeah. That's quite the signing, and wow.
0: I don't understand why. (laughs) I just don't understand the lifetime contract, but as a Kansas fan, I'm going to take it. Bill Self has done great things. This was, we all knew coming into this year, we were a bad three seed and getting bounced by USC. It was expected, optimistically thinking I wanted him to go further, but nothing we can do there. Jordan McCabe, as we shift gears, he has transferred to UNLV, so the former Kakona, Wisconsin native, went to West Virginia he was there 2 years right
1: he was there for 2 years yeah
0: yeah and now he's transferring to UNLV there is more and more transfers left and right basically in the past 2 years there's been more transfers than ever before i think what are your thoughts on the college transfer portal
1: so i i myself i, I kind of view it as like free agency and i think yep. that's kind of cool but um i don't i don't not really a fan of how um, it's done recently because now you can just like if you're in a situation you don't like, you can just quit on them, and that seems like mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're just quitting on the team, and I think some players view like some other players view it as that as well. And I'm not a fan of that aspect, but hey, if you if you want a better opportunity to play, I mean, like Samir Torrance, he transferred to Syracuse. He's going to get a lot more minutes there than he did at Marquette this past year. I think that's that's good, and I think he he's using the transfer portal right. But like you're you're already getting great minutes and stuff, and you just quit on the team like Mac McClough at Georgetown. He was getting these great, oh. he was playing great and he just quit on the team and he transferred to texas tech and i don't i don't like when players do that they just quit on he just quit on patrick ewing and i don't i think that's not not cool but
0: yeah i think some people don't think it's quitting but like that's a selfish way to look at it like the situation you just mentioned like top player for sure just decides to transfer it's like uh that's not really how this works like that's like having a job and then quitting on it basically and going somewhere else to work like it's the same sort of thing like if i went from one bank and I quit and I went to another bank like it's almost the same way to put it basically but I don't think it's there's so many transfers lately they're happening left and right I mentioned last week Amari Davis going from UWGB to Missouri and he was a star player on UWGB I don't know what was wrong if he wanted like more acknowledgement from people or something at a bigger school but yeah I'm thinking
1: I'm thinking for him because now he's going to a bigger conference I think maybe to get some recognition maybe for NBA but like in that aspect, but like some, like with Mac McClellan, he was already playing in the big East. He was playing at a big conference and now he just. Yeah.
0: It's like, what's the point? And yeah. it, you know, all of these players are thinking basketball first and not school and stuff education wise. That's why I think it's also kind of stuck. Like when you commit somewhere, you should be committed for all your four years. That way your education set, you get to play for the school on a full ride scholarship. Most, let's be honest, most of these players who are transferring have full rides and they're all set. Oh, yeah. So like when these guys are transferring, it's basically like they're being selfish. They're going from one team to another for no reason, basically, other than moving because they aren't happy with their minutes. And it's like, dude, you're in college. Like, come on. I mean, I have no reason to judge because it's not like I'm ever going to be a college basketball player, but still, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the transfer portal. Sometimes, sure, I think it's fine, but most of the yeah. time, i just not really a big fan of it. So rounding things off this week, the lengthy weekly sports talk segment, but whew, we're ending it on a high note. This coming, what is it, eight? 10 820 or something like that tonight it is the championship game can we talk about real quick why or the final four games We're talking at, the top i know we will in a second but why do they start at such odd times it started at like 414 and then like 834 or something like wh- who's I'm not sure times i never understood why they do that like just started at 430 that that bothered me i don't know why they do that but Best. We're going to mention them real quick. Baylor and Houston, really not much to <laughs> say here. That was a whoa blowout for Baylor. They were up 25 at the half. Houston yeah. put up their least amount of points all season at the half and allowed the most points. So it's a team that prides themselves on their defense, but they could not stop Baylor.
1: No, that game was over before it started. Jared Butler went off. Three threes are flying for Baylor, and, yep, now Baylor's going to see Gonzaga in the championship game.
0: Yeah, I got a lot of notes coming up for that. But first we well, have to talk about Gonzaga and UCLA. That one of the was... best games, not only of the year, but of in recent memory. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the better Final Four games you'll ever see. It was the first time since like ninety-six or ninety-eight or something, since one went to overtime. It was something like that. Wow. And it was I know a lot of people were not a fan of the charge call at the end, but I don't see a reason to complain. Timmy got himself up there. He wasn't in the restricted area. He wasn't really moving either. That is such a tough judgment call for the official to make. There's two seconds left in a final four game, and you have to make that call just like that. And the official did, and you're gonna stick by our guns. So what did I you think, think was, of this charge?
1: I think that was the right call. He was me too. He seemed set, and hey, I it, it was an offensive foul, and I'm glad the official called that because if they would have called like a blocking blocking foul two, and that would have been a crappy way to like lose.
0: Yeah, that would have been terrible. But I think one of when people are arguing, let them play. Like, first of all, if you're arguing let them play as a UCLA fan, your team would have lost in regulation. So I don't understand that aspect because I don't think that shot went in. And then second of all, you can't say let them play unless they didn't call any of that all game. And they were very consistent making those calls. So yes. why change all of a sudden with two seconds to go? But then we went to overtime, and Timmy took over at the start of overtime. He had six or eight points right out of the gate. And keep in mind, this guy was playing with four fouls since five or six minutes left in the second half. I mean, he played smart. He played aggressively smart, though, because he was still doing great things. He's got to watch his screens because he likes to set some illegal screens once in a while. I thought that's how he was going to get his fifth foul, but he didn't. He got the mismatches inside, went up, put it Gonzaga on top, and then drew UCLA, came back, tied the game with three seconds left until guess who?
1: My boy, Jalen Suggs, for the win. Took
0: over. Well, yeah, we should talk about this first. UCLA, at the end of regulation, why didn't they call a timeout? There was like eight seconds to go. They had a timeout left, and they just decided to run that play. They wanted where, to go for it. Yeah, I think- where it ended in the charge. Yeah, I'm all a fan of letting them play, but I think in a situation like that, you gotta call a timeout because it didn't seem like they knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah, they didn't want UCLA to set or or they didn't want Gonzaga to set up their defense, I think. So I think they yeah. should, but I kinda agree with you. Maybe they could they should have called a timeout to set up some offense. Good good Hawkes Jr. or um Juzang a shot because those boys were going off tonight. Yeah. Last night. And yeah. So it was
0: that use it or lose it timeout, and they didn't use it, they lost it, and then they ended up losing the game because with three seconds left, Suggs goes down, hits a three-pointer from like a foot within of the half court line, banks it in, just insane. Gonzaga (sighs) moves on. That ended their streak, though. I think they had 27 consecutive double-digit wins, like winning by 10 or more points. That ended that streak. But regardless, UCLA does it. They move on and tonight baylor playing gonzaga baylor this was their first one seed in program history so it really is the two best teams going at it tonight this gonzaga they're seeking to become the first preseason favorite to win the title since 2009 and guess who roy williams was the coach of that team they're gonna be they're gonna try and be the first undefeated team since 1976 2015 was the last time the number one overall seed won gonzaga's gonna look to do that here tonight louisville was that team in 2015? And then the last time the two one seeds faced off in the finals was 2017. So we're only going back four years, and that's when Gonzaga lost to North Carolina. So Gonzaga looking to prove themselves here tonight. I want you to guess how many points per game they average in this tournament. Gonzaga. Yeah. 87. 89.2 points per game. These boys can score. They're putting the ball up. Baylor. points per game so you're looking at a 14 point differential but I think if anyone's got a shot UCLA they proved that Gonzaga they're vulnerable there's things you can take advantage of they basically got out into a shootout with Gonzaga which isn't the way to go but (laughs) Baylor they have to defend they got to guard Timmy but there's so many players on Gonzaga that you have to defend Ayayi had the game of his life on Saturday and this team they've got mostly everyone firing on all cylinders heading into the game tonight.
1: Yeah, we need what, what we need out of Gonzaga. We need more Kispert, Corey Kispert. And he's been he was their he was arguably their best player coming into the tournament. He had the best year out of all the all that big core we were talking about. And we really haven't seen him this tournament. He's probably averaging like 15-16 game and he's just not he's not performing the way he should be, which it's good that Timmy, Ayayi and um Suggs stepped up in a great way and I just think we need more Kispert. If Kispert has the game of his life, maybe we see him come back out tonight. I think um, we might see the Bulldogs be champions.
0: I think, this, well, I said it since basically Illinois went out, that this is Gonzaga's <laughs> tournament to lose. And I, oh. since the very start, everyone's been saying Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. We're going to see tonight if they can come out and win the national championship, take a perfect undefeated season. It's going to take a lot. To beat baylor but we've got the perfect game tonight the two best teams in the nation i was going to say in the league but no in the nation they're going at it tonight to crown the champion and don't forget we will have our march madness recap we're probably recording it tuesday night maybe potentially wednesday but either way you'll have that thursday it will be up on the feed so don't forget to subscribe if you aren't already and that thing will pop right up for you and drew are you ready for some trivia
1: let's do it let's do some college mascots Trivia. So
0: I I made an executive decision after last week. I said, we're going to do something. We're going to change it up. There's going to be no wheel this week, but we're going to do three levels of college mascots. So last week, you went four of five. The only one you got wrong was the Demon Deacon, which you said was due, which still blows my mind. But now, here, level two of college mascots. I think you can go three of five, but you might impress me and do more, or you could do worse. We've got five mascots here again. Number one, Wushok. Wichita state. Correct. Number two, you I'm sure you'll get this one. Pistol Pete. Um, oh, he's thinking He's thinking.
1: I don't know. Um, Pistol Pete. who's that gonna be? That's gonna be like Pistol Pete. Utah State. who? Utah State? No, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State?
0: Yes, Oklahoma State is pistol P. You said what, Utah State? Yeah. Oh, well, you got the state part right, but that is an incorrect answer. One of two to start. How about Hokie bird?
1: Hokie bird? Yes. The bird. Yikes. Um
0: Ho- Hokie bird.
1: Hokie. Indiana.
0: The Virginia Tech Hokies. I had no idea. You didn't know it was Virginia Tech. No Homes idea. No,
1: it's the Indiana
0: Hoosiers. So I don't know where know, that yes. answer came from, but just trying to throw it out there. These next two are pretty tricky, but, but they've got a theme. Okay, number four, Big Red, Louisville, Western Kentucky. It's the Louisville Cardinals, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I know their mascot. You know, it could be a red cardinal. Maybe they call it Big Yes. I,
0: I guess it could be. It could be, but it's not. And now number five, Lil Red. st john's no it is nebraska
1: the red storm that was my guess because st john's red storm yeah
0: Saint, okay i can understand it just a one of five these are tough. trivia i told you we're taking a step up wait until oh. we get next week there i i mean there's probably like one maybe two mm, one or two you'll get for sure but next week is pretty tough level three you it was too easy last week we had to step it up college mascots are fun but they're That's tough tough they're so random. Like, where where are we getting Lil Red from? Like, where does that possibly come from for Nebraska? <laughs> I'm very yeah. surprised you didn't get Pistol Pete or the Hokie Bird. I guess. Yeah. What can you do at this point, right? So, one of five, your overall record is now 16 and 25. So, oh. certain, certainly downgraded with that one of five performance there. Next week might be even tough. Maybe 0 five, going to bring it down. I don't know. We're going to have to see, but regardless, that wraps up this week, episode four of the podcast. Again, coming up summer sports, spectacular 10 episode series that we will be dropping coming this summer. Just a little bonus. We're still going to have our normal episodes. Don't you worry every Monday morning, eight o'clock drop every Monday. You get this podcast and I don't know what your guys thoughts are on longer episodes, but they might be getting a little longer as we progress and, maybe potential sponsor coming up. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Maybe not. I don't know. But other than that, like we said before, Thursday night or Thursday morning, I should say our March madness recap will be up. So be sure to give that a listen. And then next Monday, we're right back here for episode five of the podcast. Drew wrap things up, give them whatever you want to give to shout out before we leave on this Easter Sunday.
1: You can add me on Snapchat, Drew Skyberg, D E R. (laughs) D-R-E-W?
0: <laughs> can't even spell your own name.
1: B-E-R-G. Yeah, I can't spell my own name. That's okay.
0: That is that. And my Twitter, Jordan Law underscore P-X-P. Again, I can spell my name. It's J-O-R-D-O-N. I that spell with him. an A. Yeah, you J-O-R-D-A-N can spell it with an A.
1: J-O-R-D-A-N is how you spell Jordan Lorenz.
0: That is how the normal people spell Jordan, but not me. I am special, and that wraps things up for episode four of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.